1: The issues and views discussed on the Roll Call Room podcast are the sole opinions of the guest or host
0: and do not reflect the views of any agencies or government offices. Persons discussed on the show may be fictional or exaggerated for comedic purposes. The Roll Call Room podcast is not responsible
1: for any injuries sustained while listening. To include, but not limited to, busting a gut, laughing until you cry, nausea, crying until you laugh, butt hurt, alcohol poisoning, and
0: a sudden and intense dislike for those named Steve. Please use caution while operating a motor vehicle as the podcast is not liable for any traffic violations or damage. This podcast is rated explicit and listener discretion is advised. If you cannot handle being told the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, please stop listening now. Epstein didn't kill himself.
1: Be the hero of your own movie. Right now, you're in the part of the movie that starts and it shows you as a fucking loser. And just decide not to be a loser anymore. Live your life like there's a documentary crew following you around and you are analyzing your own behavior. Do what you would want to do so that your kids one day would look back at it and and, and see that documentary and look on it with pride. Like, wow, my dad was a bad motherfucker. He really did what he had to do. Wow, my mom really got her shit together. I love a success story, but even more than a success story, I like a dude who fucks his life up and then gets it back together again story. If your life was a movie and it started now, Forget about whatever financial disasters you've had, personal failures, relationship failures. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that! Do those things we define ourselves far too often by our past failures we look at our past and we say well that's me that's not you you are this person right now you're the person who's learned from those failures and you can choose to be the hero of your own movie right now write down your goals write down things you want to improve write down things you won't tolerate from yourself write down things that you've done in the past that you never want to see yourself do again and go forth from here as the hero of your own movie, build momentum, build confidence and momentum with each good decision that you make from here on out. You can do it. Anyone can do it. We live in unique times. We live in one of the rarest times in human history where you can choose almost all of the input that comes your way, whether it's the movies that you watch, the books you read, the podcasts you listen to, you can choose to be inspired. Your mind has to seek discomfort. It has to seek these difficult tasks. You have to enjoy it and you have to figure out a way to make your mind enjoy those things. Some people it comes easy and some people it doesn't. Some people it takes a long time. I always tell people the best thing you could ever do is force yourself to a schedule. Just write it down. Like today I have to do an hour on the treadmill. I have to do an hour. No matter what. Even if you've been walking on a you're doing an hour on a treadmill. The next time you're going to do it, just okay, you did an hour and this is the amount of miles you got in. Next time, you're going to, you know, add three miles. Put put an extra three miles in that one hour. And just keep doing things like that. Write down, today I'm going to do 100 push-ups, and I'm going to do 100 sit-ups, and I'm going to do 100 chin-ups. That's today. And then force yourself. Force yourself to adhere to a schedule. Make a Monday, Wednesday, Friday workout schedule. Give yourself some time off, you know? Like, don't, don't even crush yourself to the point where you can't do it. Make it so that you really appreciate those Tuesdays and Thursdays. But on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you're going to... And get after it and this is what you're going to do most people just try to go work out and you're kind of aimless and you show up and you're like, you pick up the jump rope and you jump a little rope maybe you hit the heavy bag a little bit maybe you do some curls but you don't really have an aim that's why people like to hire trainers because a trainer will tell you what to do well you can tell yourself what to do if you don't have money for a trainer you don't even have to have equipment you know, with bodyweight squats, sit-ups, chin-ups, push-ups, you could give yourself a brutal full bodyweight workout. And you can find these for free on YouTube. There's a ton of them. There's a ton of these bodyweight workouts you can do. Just force yourself. Write it down. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I'm going to do 100 push-ups, 100 chin-ups, 100 sit-ups. Even if it takes me off day. Even if I have to do 10 and 10 and 10 and keep going all day. Just that's what you do. 10 push-ups, take a break for 20 minutes, do another 10, but get those 100 in. I don't believe in half-assing things. This life is short. You know, if you get into something, get into it. And if you're not into it, don't be into it. And I think that insanity and and greatness are next door neighbors and they borrow each other's sugar. There's a lot of people that are scared of their ability to do something that's difficult. I don't know if I could force myself to, to be disciplined. I don't know if I could force myself to take that kind of action. Well, if you do force yourself to take that kind of action, you don't have that question anymore. That question, I don't know if I can do it. Well, you're doing it. So you obviously do it. Can do it tomorrow? We did it today. Or can not you do it tomorrow? Just do it. You get so much more benefit out of a, a struggle that you choose to embark in versus a struggle that life throws upon you. Get out there and go and do something. Just go. Just go. And then in the middle of doing it, it'll become easy. Even if it's not easy, even if it's hard, it's easier than not doing it and wishing that you had done it.
0: listening to the podcast that changed the game and rocked an entire profession and rocked
2: an entire profession
0: talking about shit in law enforcement that keeps poor leaders up at
1: night
0: when others run scared and hide behind fake policies the roll call room podcast tells it like it is no bullshit no matter how hard these Steves try, we keep killing it.
1: And now, here are your hosts, Nick and Mark. It's
2: definitely infected. Hey, Mark. <laughs> Welcome to uh-huh. another episode of the Roll Call Room podcast. I am one of your hosts, 25%. Nick. With me is my co host, 75%. <laughs> oh, I thought
0: <laughs> Mark the cop. Hey, uh, I thought you meant Nick 25% was your new like street name now. 25? Yeah. <laughs> 25%, Nick. Man, you're the OG out there for everyone that's listening. Everybody's like, oh,
2: man. I don't know. Every t- roll call every room time is was- shit. Every time I turn on Instagram, there's another fucking cop podcast pop, popping up. And I support every person that wants to do one. But it's it's kind of funny. <laughs> Good luck, is brother. The, it's, <laughs> Sorry. No, it's more of like we're the original or like we're cutting edge. We tell it how it is. And I'm like, yeah, you're mm-hmm. doing it at a time where it's acceptable. Like well, you're doing it at a time where right. all the cops are like, you know, okay, uh, this is not something do it in twenty nineteen <laughs> Do yeah, it exactly while well, you're, yeah. well, you're still a cop. While you're still a cop. And on probation. <laughs>
0: Balls ain't so big no more, are they, there, tough guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I just He's laughed. Like fucking him. moose nuts hanging them out there. like yeah.
2: I, I I laughed at <laughs> myself because I just heard myself say it out loud while wow, you're on probation. <laughs> 17 years on the job and I was on probation. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. so asinine man (laughs) so well
0: i'm glad you brought that up um i'm just gonna go on a total wild tangent that uh, we did not do any pre-production on i had the honor of meeting jake clark from safer warrior and uh one of jake's uh sayings is never step in the same river twice and i went uh man isn't that hitting the nail on the head Mm -hmm. and and i guess i want to do a brief uh dive into this river if you want to say um once you leave a department don't go back yeah. <laughs> you know just stay out of there man and and uh i'm not saying what you did nick was wrong but you did the best you made the best decision with what you had in in your fatal mistake was thinking that they were honorable men and you you they they lull you into this false sense of uh security or, or no, no strike that you trusted them and you gave them oh, trust did. when the, when trust wasn't worthy.
2: Yeah. and You and I talked about this. uh can't remember cause you and I have so many conversations <laughs> offline, <laughs> offline that should be online. Um, you know, we talked about doing a future episode on abuse Mm-hmm. And and oh, why yes. we go back, um, it's it's indicative of like domestic violence. Um, oh my goodness! User, yes, you return back to it over and over and over and over. And I I think if you're listening to this, you can appreciate how. Mm hmm. You'll have a really, really bad shift. You'll have a been, written. And I'm not talking about on the street. I'm not talking about going on bad calls because that's going to be no matter what department you go to. I'm talking about you go in and you have a shit fuck supervisor or commander and they just make fucking life terrible. And it's that day that you go in, and this and this person is just got the fucking weight of the world on you, and they're mm-hmm. just fucking nitpicking the mother fuck out of you. And you you get in that cruiser, and you're like, you know what? I know where this motherfucker lives. I want to fucking go to his house and cut his goldfish's fucking wing <laughs> off, so it just swims in a circle. You know, like. One of those fucking days, you know. <laughs> I want to cut your gold. But then you go home. <laughs> and it just spins in a circle like it can't spin straight. Like smooth straight. Yeah, down. you love it. And, and then, like you, you get you get done with your shift, you get changed in the locker room, or you don't. You're one of those people that drive home in your uniform. Shame mm-hmm. on you. That'll be another episode. Oh yeah. Um, and then you wake up and you're like, yeah, but that, but. But this is my calling. This is what I love to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And then you go back. And you go back again and again and again and again. And then before you know it, because you can't fight at work, mm-hmm. you start doing it at home. Oh, yeah. And then you start enjoying that abuse. And you start enjoying it. You're, and enjoying it, meaning you don't fucking, you're not hopping into work going, oh, I can't wait till my fucking lieutenant sticks his fingers inside. me. No, not, <laughs> not that. It's it's more of like your body is conditioned to deal with that abuse, and if yeah. you don't have that abuse, you, it's just a void. And I don't just mean that in police work. Uh, in, in my personal life, um. I noticed that, that law enforcement has conditioned me in that way. I've noticed that
1: toxic things that I um, partake in, I do
2: indiscriminate. Like, it's, it's just mm-hmm. subliminally. Like, this happened a couple of days ago. I messaged you, and I said, hey, listen, this is what's going on with me.
0: Right. And, you. and
2: you're like, "Don't don't do it. Yep, yep, that's right. Don't and, uh, don't. What, 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 what did I do?
1: I did it. <laughs>
0: you know, like
2: <laughs>
0: Danger Will know, Robinson.
2: I, yeah, and that's that's the meme <laughs> that you sent me, and I, and I and and it's not out of out of I I trust you with my with my life, man. Like you know, like Likewise. so I take your word of advice so so much, um, but it was like a like an Earth magnet to another oh husband. yeah it just it was Gain. and i haven't had that since i left law enforcement mark it was the first time in a long long time and um it's toxic man and i think it's because i miss it i, I miss you miss the toxicity i miss that type of abuse yeah oh it's subliminally okay. yeah subliminally I, I do there there's parts of because i don't get it where i work now i don't have that um, I work I work with an incredible team where they're not trying to stab each other in the back, um, and, and it truly is a team. Uh, it's because we all own shares of stock in this company, mm-hmm. and if you fail, I fail, my retirement goes out the fucking window because right. my stocks are going to be worth shit. <laughs> and it almost makes you wonder why, why we don't do that with law enforcement. What is there, other than your pension, what is your overall incentive (laughs) you know yeah yeah Um, exactly but i to. i
0: I can tell you my (laughs) overall incentive was you get to do some really cool fucking shit (laughs) you know some people it's all about the powers but but for me it wasn't about that it was about you know i'm a people person and i loved getting out and meeting people and and you know the 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 beauty of it is, is the community i worked for and we'll say it let's come out of the closet. It was tip city, um, here in Ohio, it's a small city. Um, and I love the community and, and there are great folks here and, and a lot of professionals live here cause we're a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. And, and, you know, but when I left under the circumstances in which the management of my department put me in the headspace, um, I don't even go into the city anymore, dude. I get anxiety going in. Mr. Hat called me the other night and said, Hey, man, why don't you come into the VFW? FD Donnie's playing. He goes, FD Donnie's a DJ. I'm like, mm, I thought about it. I said, no, I'm not going to come. He's like, why not? I said, because it fires up my fucking PTSD, to be honest with you. You know, it's been fucking four years. So I'm like, get over it. No, when you when you are betrayed that way and you're talking about, that abuse that is like a, a a domestic violence you know a, a, a case where people ask the women or the abused victim why do you stay mm-hmm. well you stay because you tend to run the things that seem normal to you mm-hmm. and um but but what i need to do is i need to do my personal growth and work and get over that and go out and start being seen again because <laughs> i was uh Having a chat with one of my former officers, and there's a new um, administrator at uh, the department, and uh, it's the new deputy chief, and he says, "You know, I've never met Mark, but this city loves
2: this guy. <laughs> yeah, but the chief hates him. <laughs> yeah, your reputation <laughs> subsides. <laughs> uh, subs- is that the right or word? Proceed you, no. proceed you. Yeah, procedure. reputation you. But you know, I always should care of people in the morning." and your cats are awake i know i just
0: threw something at it you know what's either a cat or the hooker that's in there trying to get out no that that i always get out early
2: i pay by the hour um, we're joking the, we're joking the the interesting no. part about that was you know i messaged you the uh, i want to say a couple of weeks ago i was mm-hmm. On the train for work. I was on the train to um nowhere. Where was I going? Jersey, last train to Clarksville. Or, I don't even really remember <laughs> where the fuck I was going. I've been so many places the last like two months.
0: You can start uh, singing that
2: Johnny Cash song. I've been everywhere. Yeah. It's starting to feel that way. <laughs> um so I was I was on the train and I messaged you something that popped in my head because I was in the middle of finishing up. Um Mm-hmm. finishing up my last my book that's coming out yeah and i messaged you something and i just did it out of the blue and i would have loved to have been on the other end of your phone because you probably were like what the fuck is this and it was <laughs> i was messaging it to you so i wouldn't forget it oh yes am i looking I it up you. for you <laughs> well no i i mess i messaged you um i used to drive around my city aimlessly. And now yeah. I drive through my city to better things. Yes. And it was yes. profound because what I meant by that was I used to drive around. I used to be confined in my 15 and a half square miles city over and, over and over and over and over and go for calls for service and be proactive and do all of this stuff. And I was confined within that city. And I was happy doing it. Don't, don't get me wrong. I was very happy doing that. And I would have done it for 30 years. Crazy. Now thinking about it, crazy because the right. amount of opportunity outside of those fifteen and a half square miles is crazy. Yeah, but but now I still can't go in the city. I still have people that ask me to go to lunch inside of the city or go meet up. Still mm-hmm. can't do it. I can't, yeah. I can't bring myself to do it. Um, but now I look at it as I I, I look at it a little bit differently as I'm driving through because unfortunately, no matter where I I I go for work right now. Mm-hmm. I have to drive through that shitty city f- <laughs> for me to go somewhere. Like <laughs> like I, I and no matter where, because I have the whole entire eastern part of the country. So I have to drive up, basically. Right. I have to drive north. And the only way to drive through the north is to drive through that fucking fucking gyneria infested city.
0: <laughs>
2: um But it's a little bit differently. Like when I wasn't happy, when I was, when I left law enforcement and I went to a job where I was not happy, Mm -hmm. so miserable, like I would drive through there and it was like the city was laughing at me. It was like, I told you this was as good as you were going to get it. This, this is your reminder. Remember, you used to run this city. I mean, I was, you, you remember when you were a sergeant and and there were times when you were a sergeant by yourself. You were the chief of police oh, yeah. in the middle of the night. You <laughs> ran that city. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm, The buck stops here when uh, you're the yeah. midnight sergeant, the I city manager. Done, no one else is there. It's me calling no, the shots.
2: I could have done yeah. anything I wanted, and some of the times I did. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why it always – That's I mean you and I have talked about it on this show about getting pulled in by I.I. and what they forced me out, what they what they pushed me out of the department for. If you only knew a fraction of the shit that I did, <laughs> like what you, what you sat down and interviewed me for, that's fucking child's play. Get out of here. Yeah. Like. Well,
0: well with, like with my city, they were, uh, they were creating problems that didn't exist. For example, mm-hmm. uh, one day out of the blue, uh, we need to start recording all of our use of forces, which I'm like, we already do that. Yeah, I was gonna say. No, no, I mean, I mean, they so they redefined what use of force was. What? Yeah,
2: yeah I know where you go. Every with time the... you
0: have your gun out, we need a use of force, and I'm like, fuck that. What am I gonna do when I search a building? Do a goddamn use of force? DC did that. DC the, did that. But 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 wait, they're like, you got your gun out when you search a building. I <laughs> went. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> well, maybe not then. Okay, well, where's this where's this coming from? Why why do we why do we need this? So like I said, they're starting to create problems. So then they started saying, Well, anytime you put hands on someone, I'm like, so when I do like the escort hold, when I you know, grab you by the upper arm and I'm like, Come on, come with me, that's now a use of force. Do you need that recorded? Yeah. Because that's the first step. I'm putting hands on you. You're coming with me. You're under arrest. So do you need it then, too? Because this is like a five-page fucking document. Yeah. Well, but if they pull away, then we need to use the force. Okay. Okay. (laughs) yeah so again you're creating paperwork with it doesn't need to be done and and sorry i'm gonna i'm I'm roundabouting and and i'm rambling i shouldn't be it's it's early we do these in the morning in case anybody doesn't know really early busy professionals um but but they're they were creating problems so then at the end of the year the council's like oh my gosh your use of forces went way up i'm like no we did the same shit we're just calling it something different yeah it's the duck test you know it's not a duck anymore it's a goose or or whichever but uh i didn't understand the purpose of it so but
2: it's 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 taking transparency and a lot of agencies are doing that now they're taking transparency to a dangerous and unhealthy level and the funny part is is the stuff that they should be transparent about they're not and it goes like alexander city police department where i used to work it, but is it transparent? I'm sorry, Nick. I couldn't hold okay, that again. What is transparency? Right. What's transparent Here, go to ahead. you is not transparent to me. And it goes into, goes into like the FOIAs that I put in for. Yeah. Some of the FOIAs that I put in for are very, very basic FOIAs. If you're doing everything that you should be doing right and you have integrity, yeah. mm-hmm. those FOIAs should not be a problem. But instead... And we talked about it on the last episode. You mean you're $2,500? $2,500.
1: $2,
2: <laughs> I just sent one in. I sent one in uh, last week. And, of course, yeah. this city, every single time, the seven-day mark hits, mm-hmm. they they send me another email saying, we need more time, and according to FOIA law, we can ask for an additional 14 days Every fucking time I've never gotten, a, have never gotten a FOIA from them within seven days. This FOIA, FOIA, I I can't wait to see how much this one is going to cost me because all I asked for, which is public knowledge or Mm -hmm. public accessible through FOIA. I want to know the salaries of every single person in the agency from the chief down. I already know how much the chief makes. Yeah. But I want to know the salaries because there were a whole bunch of promotions that just happened. a lot of them shouldn't have I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're good. And a lot of them shouldn't happen. Um, and I want to know what the city is paying them where there's mm-hmm. shootings every other day. The crime is out of control. But we're so, having cookouts. And we'll, we're having cookouts.
0: <laughs> sorry, I don't want to bait you. You know they stopped one. doing it. You know they
2: stopped doing it. Like they got After they got, our show? Uh <laughs> some little birdie inside that department just told me that they had a meeting and the meeting was about risk versus reward. Uh I shit wow, you not. Know, that's the listening. term that they used. Risk versus reward. And so now that my old agency is is they're <laughs> looking at anything that you want to do in the community is the risk worth the reward. Nice. In it, it's 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 crazy because well nick I'm, I'm how about you just you. go to the basics no, well <laughs> i'm proud of you
0: we're, we're an acting changer you know thirty thousand people listening nationwide
2: <laughs> you know who i am uh, i am the You're unappointed one pissed off chi-
0: former sergeant so you are <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. well technically i am the unappointed chief of police for the alexandria city police department
0: <laughs> your advisor police advisor yeah I, I was on a police his, advisory board. Now you're on the uh, roll call room police advisory board. <laughs> yeah,
2: well, I, the the best advisory board that I was on was the um, President Obama's 21st Century Policing Report Advisory Board. It was one of the weirdest experiences in my career because I had no idea because I was I was a subject matter expert in community policing in in the nation. Well, of course, right? you are. Yep. Well, so. That's wow i didn't my, know that that's
0: a that's a great it, honor
2: it was a great honor but my department like they were like listen you're going to go to dc and you're going to meet with a whole bunch of people you're going to be discussing the community policing pillar for the president's uh new initiative at the mm-hmm. time we didn't know it was called the 21st century policing report and i also didn't know the magnitude of it right like so mm. i went in there and i was like <laughs> because you' are a whole like... bunch of these well, I've Sorry, been on God. a bunch of these with the IACP, where the where the IACP has like oh. advisory boards and nothing winds up happening with it, right. um, you know, because it's the IACP. Fuck em. And so, you know, <laughs> I walk in, and this is like in like this fucking five star hotel in DC in a in a ballroom. And when I say ballroom, it is the size of like you just picture a ballroom in D.C., which you
0: you are not talking about your underwear. You are talking about this no, is a large, no. lavish, large, lavish.
2: Plush. I come in with my uniform nicely pressed with these three stripes, and I walk in, and I am severely outranked, horribly uh, underdressed. <laughs> Art Acevedo was there. Remember Art Acevedo, your man? He he sat next to me. Him and I had conversations about community And you community didn't choke policing. him out? No, believe it or not, <laughs> him and I got along very, very well. Uh, I don't believe in his politics, but his his thought process for community policing is spot on. Now, where, where well, muddy the water I, is, let me let me, let me push pause ex- there
0: real quick. I, I want to I share with the nation what a consummate professional you are. Because as much as you give this man hell mm-hmm. you're you're giving him a win right now on your show and and i want to thank you for that because that shows professionalism and fairness that not everyone is a complete fuck up but yeah. you know they, they do have positions to where they can succeed and even the the worst people in the world have a good day once in a while
2: Right. But I also think he's a fucking prick and shouldn't be a chief of police <laughs> anywhere. Um, <laughs> so, but you gave so, him
0: a win on your show. That's the point I'm, I'm trying dead. to make. Yeah, I, he maybe he's a prick and he shouldn't be a fucking chief, but you know, when it comes to community policing, the guy's got his shit together and his poop in a right. group. Right,
2: so. and, and, and at the time I didn't know his politics. I didn't know anything about the guy. I think at the time oh. he was a chief of police somewhere in Texas. I, I, I if I could recall, it was in Texas. That's Shout how out far. To Paris, back yeah, it was something like that. And then yeah. so across the table from him was uh I think uh I think his first name is Andre. Andre Bates. Uh Bates was he was con- controversial. I think he was Philly P D or he was a, he was controversial. Like mm-hmm. um he just retired from law enforcement. I want to say this year or last year. Now you and mean controversial him, in a
0: positive way or controversial as in just being an asshole?
2: No, controversial and he got caught up in politics because he he has repeatedly worked for stupid politicians. Oh, and okay. he is a great great um one of the best police minds of this generation and he um he, he's he been caught up in politics, and he's been caught up in policing in cities that don't want to be policed anymore. um that that, think it's that okay. Mm. Yeah. I, I mean, the guy has just unfortunately has gone from one terrible situation to another. He was the Dallas police chief when uh. those six officers got killed. Wow. Okay. Because I remember... I remember escorting him around during police week because mm-hmm. the city of Alexandria was the host city. Right. So I would drive around everybody. And I met bats during that. Oh, wow. Okay. And I was mesmerized cool. about how he was there. Uh, just compassionate, and very, very smart guy. Um, and, uh, how can you not be? I mean,
0: you, you lose yeah. six officers, you're going to D.C. The, the year they put them yeah. on the wall. And you're going to be yeah, there with the family, you know you're what? going to hang out in cops, you're going to go to the cops, concerns of police survivor's yeah. meal and but and uh, what they do there.
2: You know what struck me about him? Because I've driven a lot of chiefs around, a lot of she- sheriffs and chiefs at police week. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you could see a lot in the rearview mirror. And um, was he humble? For him, he was humble. And I don't want to out the guy, you know, like I don't want to out him. No, I mean, I, I'm just, uh, But I, I'm but the, curious
0: uh, for his professionalism. How was he, you know, when uh, the camera's off? Let's put it off? this way.
2: Yeah, in one instance, because at at a point, he gave me his phone number, and I gave him my phone number, and I told him, just message me when you want a ride, mm-hmm. and I'll have one ready for you. Um, And he had messaged me, and I met him at, at the host hotel on the side instead of him coming out through the front because he oh, was okay. very well-known, and, and it was like... It was like driving around a star, you know? Oh, wow.
0: Well, and I, I remember mean, a him star doing... Another star driving around a star. That, that's mm-hmm. what that'd be like.
2: <laughs> I mean, not bad, But
0: little did he know <laughs> the greatness well, that was driving should, him around. I should have <laughs>
2: started, started like a uh, 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 podcast karaoke car or some <laughs> shit like that.
0: <laughs> have your boom mic in the front as you're driving around. Yeah. <laughs> we should, I, I, th- I think we just come up with something. I Roll did, call yeah. on
2: the road. <laughs> hey, put a pin on that because I'm going to explain <laughs> to you something about that later on. Oh, go ahead. Uh, so he had gotten in my, he had gotten in my car and he was sitting in the back seat and um, he was like, how's your, how's your day going today, Nick? And I was like, yeah, uh, you know, it's a rough one today. You know, we got, I got a, a lot, a lot of stories, a lot mm-hmm. of stories, man. And he's like, uh, sorry to hear that buddy. And I was like, how are you doing? How are you holding up? And I just remember him putting his head down. And for a good period of time, putting his head down. Mm. And I could see his shoulders like moving like this. And you can tell. You can tell it all kind of. Yeah, it was solid. It was hitting him. It was hitting him. Sure it was. And uh, I remember saying to him, I was like, hey, do you mind if we make a stop? And he was like, sure. And I took him to um, to Arlington. I took him to the Irojima Memorial. Oh, yeah, beautiful spot. Mm-hmm. And we just walked over there, and we just mm-hmm. like huge got out of the car. And, yeah, and we just stared at it, and it stuck in my head. And I watched. I followed him in the media from then, and I followed him when he left Dallas I, I followed him all over the place because he, to me, was what embodied a good leader. Now, I never worked for him. I don't know what it was like working internally with with him, but I mm-hmm. know something. I know about compassion. Um, I felt the same way about my former chief before Dickhead. Um, (laughs) The chief that promoted me to sergeant. There were a lot of people that did Uh, not like him, that mm -hmm. did not like him. When one of my officers got terminal cancer, he called me every single day at 8 p.m. It never failed. And he sat on the phone with me for an hour and we just talked. That's, and, all,
0: that, that's what leaders do
2: yeah it, it could could he make a decision absolutely not he was the worst uh, think he was a good guy his desk was where men yeah it, it, in my in my thing in my uh opinion like being a good leader isn't all about you know approving process. memos and process mm-hmm. it's being a human it's it's interjecting human uh, emotion into what your decisions are the, the choice between ruining somebody's career versus compassion and understanding um, which is a great had, segue
0: what's this a great segue it
2: is um
0: we're where we've lost in the profession today and this is this has been kind of a buzzword with other things so uh we've we've lost that we're Taking care of people, and and we touched on it briefly in a previous episode, was that, you know, you got these guys that are out there, and and I want to share with you a little brief story, if I may, and it and it all ties right in. Last night, I went to graduation at the police academy where I work, and I'm I committed to myself two years ago that I will go to every graduation of every class that I teach because I think it means something. It it it, it adds a little more to shake their hands there at the end of it and say, hey, congratulations you know, come up and see me in advanced training, uh, blah, blah, blah. So one of my students was the grandson of a former captain of mine at the sheriff's office. Hmm. And he was there. Um, and, and I was excited to see, he says, Hey man, my grandpa's here. He's up there in like a third row to the left. And I said, Oh great. Cause the instructors all set off to the left. With the provost and, and the the uh, department chair and all that, and, and my bosses are all there too. So uh, I went up there and I I knelt down behind him. I said, "Good God, they'll let anybody in this place." One thing. He turned around. and He said, "Holy shit, Mark, how you doing?" And he <laughs> shook my hand. And he got a great. And I haven't seen this guy in probably five years. Uh but but he cared. And uh, when when his grandson said, "Yeah, I'm thinking about going to work at that department." that they were at at the sheriff's department. And I said, you know, that used to kind of be the, that that was the tip of the spear back in the day. Everybody wanted to work there because of the management that was there. And the managers that, or no, the leadership, I'm sorry, correct yourself, Mark, check yourself. There was leaders there and it was, there was him and 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 I named off three or four other guys. I said, when those guys were there under that sheriff, they took care of you. Now, if you mm-hmm. fucked up, yeah, you kind of got it coming to you, but there's a the kind of guy that and he he chewed my he gave me some of the greatest ass students known to man, but I deserved him, you know, and I was just a reserve. Wow. <laughs> this is where I was still, you know, trying to figure it out, but I wanted to work there, you know, so I was in there on my own time, you know, doing the job because back in those days in the nineties, you couldn't get a fucking job as a cop, bro you had to do it for in my world you had to do it for free for a while yeah. before improve yourself unless you know a, a department hired to the academy because it was tough you couldn't get a cop job i mean i showed up for one job in Pequa, ohio and there was like 260 candidates and me and my buddy went in there we're like what the fuck are we doing here but yeah. i felt pretty good i scored like 60 <laughs> wow <laughs> for one job but anyway he was there. They were leaders, and they took care of people. They had a policy and a procedure, too, but the, where I'm going with this is, is that I told him, I said, when you were, when I was there and your grandpa was there, it was a great place. And the people that are running the department now came up under these people, but they don't have the same philosophy. They don't take care of the people the way these people took care. No. As a matter of fact, the one captain there is just an absolute tyrant. So... And then there's a whole other story with that, with, with my investigation, where hmm, some colossal, you know, some unredacted documents were publicized. Um, but taking care of your people, okay, is where we've lost that. And we had a we had a Nick's picks uh, question a while ago. When did it change? What changed around Ferguson? And I strongly feel that. You know, that's when these policy companies came out and they all started getting more mindful of the policies mm-hmm. and they, they've lost that. And like we were talking about that guy there is that, you know, you need to care somewhat. You need to have some empathy for your folks and especially right now. And thank, thank all of you that are listening right there, especially if you're listening on midnights, we appreciate you and mm-hmm. thanks for being in there. Thanks for sticking it out. And, uh, I was talking with Kelly yesterday and she was talking about one of her, uh, Her colleagues that's that's uh, working, and she's like, "Man, I can never see her because she's like on double mandatory, secret probation, overtime, you know, because there's just nobody to work." And um, the terrible way to live. It it really is. It's and and I was kind of digesting that, and I'm thinking they're just gonna be calling off sick. I mean, you're just killing these folks. You know, it's and
2: crucified for calling out sick.
0: Yeah oh okay, great uh one of my colleagues uh he's a sergeant, and uh he got called into court and it went to trial, so he shows up, he worked midnights all right, worked his eight hour shift uh got off at six o'clock in the morning um had to be back in court at eight thirty <laughs> The trial know, went funny. till three thirty okay so <laughs> He le- walks out of the courthouse. Up. He doesn't get home until four o'clock, so he calls his major and he says, I'm not coming in tonight. Well, well could you come in at like 2 a.m.? And I went, What? You just worked a double. What do you mean come in at 2 a.m.? I-, I said, He's like, Well, fucking, I'm up now. I might as well just stay till 11. I said, No, fuck that. Your health is more important than just covering the goddamn shift. I said, You just worked a double as no one. I said what's wrong with this guy? Is he not absorbing the fact that you've been up for almost 30 hours straight and he wants Stab- you to put Yeah, and he wants Stab- you to put a gun
2: on and come in and try and manage your crew? Dude, I can I can't even tell you how many times as a sergeant, other sergeants, I wasn't I wasn't the sergeant of their team, mm. but their their officers would come in and go, "Hey, listen, I got court in the morning and I'm supposed to be back here." Later on in the evening,
1: and I'm mm-hmm. like, okay,
2: what do, what what do you want to do? And they're like, well, I know leave is closed, and I'm like, how much how much sleep do you think you're gonna get from the time you get out of court? And I'm like, well, court is at this uh, subpoena is at 10 a.m. Uh, I should get out of there by like 1 p.m. Mm-hmm. and if I get seven hours of sleep, that puts me in around eight nine o'clock at night, and I go great. You want to come in at midnight and just work from midnight to 8 a.m.? Or do you want to come in at 1 and go home at 8 a.m.? And they're like, oh, my God, that would be incredible. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, I'll put you down on the PD-3. That's what's going to be. And then their sergeant would come rolling into my office and go, did you just authorize so-and-so to, like, we're going to be short somebody for half a half a, half a a shift. And I go, then go out there and, and work you're their beat. No, go out there and go work their beat. Yeah, you're coming exactly. in all refreshed. Just because you got stripes on your shoulder doesn't mean that you can't handle a fucking domestic violence call, or you can't handle a fucking traffic accident. Oh, go out there and go fucking man. do it,
0: Nick. You've lit my wouldn't. fire. <laughs> you've lit my fire. So let me tell you, supervisors, well, the majority of them, yeah. <laughs> all right, pull Definitely. out. <laughs> I'm going to pull out the the, uh, the soapbox. All right, guys, we're we're short. And if your administration your sergeants and, and your people aren't out there covering shifts where they can, you're working at the wrong department. I'm just going to tell you that right now. and well, then my a big former indicator agency, well, you know we're, we, we were a small department, and uh, there's no reason why admin isn't day shift at least taking something. You know, you pulling detectives out and throwing them back in uniform? Oh, I'm doing the dope thing, <laughs> whatever. If you're not covering the street, you are a police officer. And if you're not out helping carry the load, then you're part of the problem. And it's just like we've touched on before all these major incidents, Sergeant, where the hell are you at? You back in the fucking department? Yep. You sitting in there where your car's out front idling and they're doing playing fucking solitaire like I've seen before? Oh, well, I've had my day on the street. Well, let me tell you something. During graduation last night I had a, a really great conversation with a great friend of mine that's a that's a chief, you know, and it really made me feel great. We were talking about lack of uh empathy and, and leadership and whatever and chiefs. These chiefs that were at graduation last night, they're the real deal. And and I'm mm-hmm. proud to, to know them. And they know me. They've been calling me by my first name. One chief in particular, Mark, I haven't seen you in a while, blah, blah, blah. So um he he was talking about the supervisors getting involved, and uh, a friend of mine recently got promoted at his agency, and he's a go getter, and he was motivating the troops to get out. And the one thing that he said to me was, "Your sergeant should never be outdoing your men, and if they are, then you know they need to be a better motivator of the men." But the message I was getting there was being that sergeant that was willing to go out, and I can tell you, in my days you know, the standards that I set, I was also willing to uphold them. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to put X amount of cars on the curb, I strived to get that done. So, um, get out there and do the work. If, if, if you're short, then pick it up. You know, whenever my guys, I would buy them uh, a, a meal on Saturday night and I would say, here, go eat. No, Sergeant, we want you to eat with us. Well, but if a call comes in, I'll get it. I want you guys to relax. I want you guys to have a meal together and have some fun. And then we'll go out and we'll start kicking it. You know, yeah. and of course, I would challenge them. You know, I'm going to get an OVI tonight. You motherfuckers, John, do, you know, and, and they would have fun doing that. And sadly, you know, once I had the crosshair put on me, uh, I didn't do shit because I was afraid to. I was afraid to do my job. And I told my boss at the time that, well, you're not doing anything yeah i'm afraid to hell i've done nothing now look what you did to me but the point i'm trying to be is is be motivators of men be motivators of your crew be the leader have some empathy and get out there and do the job if you're not out there doing the job you're part of the problem yeah yeah i think um sorry
2: that was a no no it was it was it was spot on to what we were talking about and and i think the pendulum sometimes swings too much like uh you and i talked about a um traffic stop where uh, a chief of police was was stopped Um, was
0: it was a chief or sergeant it it was a rank officer wasn't it it was a
2: rank officer whatever whatever it was but this this traffic stop went terribly terribly wrong which is you know i've always and you and i are on the same philosophy because we talked about this when the story came out whenever i got pulled over Mm-hmm. I never shoved my badge and my creds in in that officer's face. I never <laughs> did that. Um, I didn't either. I didn't either. You know, what I did say was, just for the officer's safety, was I would say, hey, listen, I'm just letting you know I am armed. And then it goes into conversation, which is, is oh, why are you armed? i A police officer at such and such has no bearing on this traffic stop don't let it influence what you're about to do. And that's always what I did. And mm-hmm. and still to this, still to this day, that's what I do. I think I've gotten pulled over more not being a cop than when I was a cop. (laughs) Um,
0: You speed law violator. (laughs) I am.
2: (laughs) And and I'm in Virginia, and Virginia state troopers are brutal, man. Brutal. Um, But I've been on the other side of that where I've pulled people over, specifically from the north. And I could say this because I'm from New York City. Yeah. New York City folks are the biggest violators. You can't even get up to the car and they got their wallet with their badge (laughs) hanging out. And you're like, that's fantastic. Yeah. Why don't you put that shit right back into your car? Are you annoyed? Were you annoyed when they did that? I can't stand that. Like, I I was annoyed because you're putting me in an uncomfortable situation because if somebody drives by and sees that, yeah now you're putting Ooh, me, somebody's getting mm-hmm. well you're putting me uh in a bad situation because right. how do i defend not giving you a ticket and i've always had the philosophy i never wrote other cops unless you were right. or, unless you were uh an absolute prick or you were a dui um i mean i was right outside or, of or, DC. I was right, right outside or, or DC. a
0: flagrant violation
2: Correct. I was right Fight. outside of DC. I can't tell you how many Secret Service and FBI agents mm. that I have pulled over for DUI. I can't even tell you how many. A lot. And you arrested them? Uh, um I I will plead the fifth on that, but I will tell you that. <laughs> they they are the biggest pricks when it comes to it. Because wow. they're not humble in any way. In one particular case that I remember, it was an FBI agent. I've, I actually had to call his supervisor to come out and come get him because oh, wow. he was so belligerent and so obvious that he was drunk. Wow. And he, wherever this guy is today, should be lucking, th- thanking his lucky stars.
0: Yeah, he, because he, well, yeah
2: he was it. he was one of those people that were like borderline, that were like, dude, you are going to go to jail tonight. Yeah, and I'm trying to work with you. But that
0: that was in the day when we had more discretion. That was in the day before
2: you had body cams. Yeah.
0: Well, but you you didn't need them because, again, what were you doing? Were you violating Mm -hmm. any laws? I don't think so. You were taking care of your people, which is what you are as a what peace officer. And let me tell you, um, I had a guy, a very well, not a similar story. Here's what I did with one of my citizens. Uh, We had a, a a rowdy bar. And uh, we, uh, we we lit this person up. And the motherfucker drove all the way to the bar before they stopped. They stopped right in the middle of the fucking parking lot. <laughs> so it's like, Jesus Christ, here we go. This is going to be a fucking shit show. And as usual, you know, I rolled in behind my officer. And now everyone starts coming out, right? So I'm telling them all to get back up. So this one guy, uh, one of our locals, I mean, he was just drunk and just being an asshole. He's like, why don't you leave? Him? Why are you guys always fucking with everybody? And I said, get your ass back in the bar. You never got anybody a fucking break. And he's just chipping his beak. And he continues. And he continues. And I'm like, I look at my guy. Well, we have one under arrest. So what I want to do is go snatch a son a bitch off the porch and say, all right, fuckhead. You just talked yourself into a, a night in jail, right? So disorderly after warning. So I said, just get in the bar. And I told my guy, put this motherfucker in the car and get out of here. But no, leave now. Get him in the car and get out of here. I'm going to disperse this crowd. So uh, he takes him back. Of course, we arrest the guy and yada, yada. Lo and behold, two hours later, guess who gets stopped? The asshole. Uh, Now, now hear me out. We get him out of the car. I do horizontal gaze nystagmus. And I said, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to take you home. His his jaw dropped and he's like, whoa!" whoa, whoa, whoa." I said, after your fucking display down there at the bar tonight, are you trying to humiliate me and my crew? Because you went in there and ran your fucking shithole to everybody. What a bunch of fucking dickheads we are. I got you. If I want to take you to jail right now, you're mine, motherfucker. (laughs) You're Mm -hmm. mine. You're caught. All thing I got to do is fillet you and hang you out. I said, but I'm going to take you home. Okay. Now hear my words. I have a long memory this is your first and your only break you do this yeah. shit again you're done you're fried so we took him home yeah so fast forward eight years miss kelly rolls up on an ovi accident there's Oof. our guy <laughs> idiot <laughs> there's our guy so she and and he he never said a word the whole time never you motherfuckers blah 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 yeah well, his defense, defense attorney. Oh, I yeah. got to give you the cherry on top, man. Real quick. Yeah. His defense yeah. attorney calls me. He says, Oh, come on, man. Can't you cut this guy a break? Because we hit him because he had one previous. So we hit him here in Ohio with the A2 section because he had a previous conviction or previous refusal. So 451119A2, for those of you that are out there looking it up, just get to look it up and read it. It's a good bend you over the barrel and fuck you when your attorney <laughs> says, Hell no, don't blow. The first time's good. Second time, I'm going to fist fuck you with the A2 section. <laughs> so his attorney's like, oh, my God. I said, let me tell you something. And uh, we were we were at a social gathering. And I said, I need you to go back and talk to your client. I want you to remind, I want him to remind you of an incident. And I described it in detail. I think he even had the date down. I said, call me back. He said, okay. I said, and, and then we'll talk about it what what we're going to be willing to settle on, okay? Mm-hmm. He called me back two days later and he's like, holy shit, dude, you did cut him a break, didn't you? And I said, yeah, A1A. <laughs> he's pleading to A1A. That's what we're going to do. Other than that, nah, fuck him. We're going to trial yeah, on no this. Thanks. And he's like, we'll take that. <laughs> so he went in and wrote out the yeah. police. So. But taking care of people, yeah, that's how you take care of people. And it wasn't just cops that I cut breaks to. And I can, Jesus, yeah. I can sit, we can sit here and spend the rest of the episode talking about uh, people that I've taken care of and took them home, and throughout my career, where it's not all cops. And and the sad thing about it is today, is that I don't think you can do that. But when you have no. a, an officer that is doing what, what was that guy doing? Ninety in a in a twenty-five, and then yeah. expects a break
2: in a uh-uh. cruiser, in a cruiser. He was in a cruiser or a city. I think he was in a city cruiser, like a city unmarked car.
0: Oh, okay. Unmarked. Okay. I don't yeah, want to be confused yeah. with the one. Was that down because in Florida? He flashed, where his, that, lights. He flashed
2: where, his lights. That, yes, that was thing. When he got yes. pulled over, he flashed the lights and was like, hey,
0: I'm fuck you Now, if I got you on the curb, I, I've done that before. I've got you on the curb. You know, one night I stopped my good friend. Uh, there was a detective, and uh, I, I, they just had a homicide. So he was getting it up the road. And I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I didn't recognize the car. And I stopped. I walked. I'm like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> yeah. Because I knew where he was going. You know, he got called to the scene. And he had to go.
2: But, yeah, street crimes guys used to so, do that shit to me all the time
0: well before we get down a rabbit hole let's let's i, I want to go back to that guy so it was it was it was a story because he raised so much hell out of getting a ticket wasn't yeah. that the crux of the story yeah if he had it just were, were, stayed quiet who, who did that did Yates? Did did Yates make a comment was that on uh um, dr yates's uh daggone the law officer if, magazine was that on police one. Yeah. uh it
2: was it was on his okay um And they had covered that story because the guy had made such a a ruckus about getting a ticket. And he tried to fuck. Yeah, he tried to turn it into look where law enforcement is going and there's no discretion. There's no there's no brotherhood anymore. He's he's partially right because now you have officers out there too scared to let people go
0: Mm -hmm. because
2: the cowards that are in the chief's office now. Right, right. You get scrutinized for not writing him. Are you covering up for him? You've taken discretion away from officers out there. Like they have to double and triple check themselves everything that they do. I mean, dude. I mean, look at all the calls you and I went went to back in the day that we had massive discretion on that probably could have gotten us fired today for not making an arrest.
1: Or, oh, yeah. or
2: making an arrest. Oh, yeah. you, so you're <laughs> fucked either way, man. You're you're <laughs> fucked either way. It's just you're a matter of the six pack of fucked. <laughs> right. It's just it's a matter of how much fuckery do you want, you know? Like and I We think, should have
0: Nick's fuckery factor. <laughs> yeah, there's
2: so many of them, bro.
0: It, we'll put a gauge back here but with, with my bourbon collection and say hey wait let's go to nick's fuckery factor
2: yeah it's just it's <laughs> it's just crazy to me that we've gotten i mean that's it's just kind of it's kind of a temperature check on the profession as a whole where you have officers <laughs> don't, don't have any discretion whatsoever yeah. anymore and
0: it, it's, you're, you're, it's you're, crazy your hooker's calling or, or your, your cat's calling yeah
2: yeah <laughs> Her name is Destiny.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, but the thing about it is that What's compounding that, Nick, and making it worse is you got rookie officers training rookie officers, and that (laughs) level of discretion is there. You don't have the old hats like me and you going, hey, look, son, (laughs) come here. And what I think what we've also lost here is the the mentoring. And where was that? Was that in Florida where we had a sheriff's department stopping a city officer in marked cars and writing tickets? I'm like, where the fuck does this come from? You don't know what the fuck I'm going to. You know, I may have gotten called in. You know, I've had canine officers just... And there's three of them that lives in the city and arounding. you know, if I see a, a, a another canine officer bust an ass through my city in excess of the posted speed limit, am I going to fucking stop it? No. I wow. don't know what the fuck you're getting called in for. It's like, what the hell is wrong with you people? However, uh, I, on the other side of the point, yeah. don't be abusing that. Uh, like that deal down in. Uh, and this isn't new. I mean, this was a. Uh, remember that Florida state trooper who stopped the city of Miami officer? Mm-hmm. Because he was oh, doing like a hundred. Yes cuffed him yeah. on the side of the room and like, fuck you he putting cuffs on me for a goddamn minor misdemeanor we'll stand yeah. here and fucking fight it out but yeah number one especially I when the,
1: yeah <laughs> go I, ahead.
2: it's just crazy we debate man. that all day such a, such a crazy crazy profession right now it's just it's it's scary like i i feel for all of you that are still doing it like The amount of anxiety and fear every single day, not by drug dealers, not by by people trying to kill you on the street, but by policies trying to stab you Mm -hmm. by by command staff trying to fuck you over. Like, (laughs) we're the poster for (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, I mean, (laughs) I'll be honest with you. If you're listening to this thing, you should have you should have left in 2019 <laughs> when the fucking roll call room started yeah the
0: roll call room started in october 2019 is when my nightmare started
2: yeah and i'll tell but you anyway, this. go I, ahead i forwarded you the recent a recent email that i got uh yesterday the day before yes. i'm getting a lot of those i'm getting a lot of emails from people that are like hey listen i've been listening to your show um one i love the new dro- format love the new format <laughs> um you're dropping mics like left and right, and um you know um, I wanna get out, but I just don't know how to get out i don't i don't, I don't know what else is out there that's gonna pay um, me what I'm making and I just don't know how to get out. So we're going to do an episode on that. And I think we're going to get Dr. Dave to come on because Mm -hmm. there's a psychological factor with that, with making that. And I've been there. You've been there. It's, it's, It's a marriage that you have to turn around and sit down and go, this marriage is not working anymore. And no, it's, I it's, it's an, leave. it's an
0: abusive marriage, Nick, uh, you are, you are of. the abused person in some departments and that's not all. I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to broad brush everything because there's some departments out there and then, you know, occasionally you, well, fuck that guy. And I had that the other day with well, this chief that you love so much. And I'm like, well, I don't love the guy. And I realized that, you know, there's people that love my former chief thinks he's a great guy. Me yeah. personally, mm, no. I I would never speak words with him again. However, um, shit, I just lost my train of thought on this. I, I see it was rolling like, hey, did yeah. you, did, well, did did well, run announce- the Germans bomb Pearl Harbor? <laughs> He's on a roll.
2: We're gonna announce your <laughs> Alzheimer's <laughs> diagnosis
0: real soon. Don't say that. I got tested for that before I could <laughs> get brought
2: back. Oh, hey, listen, listen, at least you're not doing a Mitch McConnell. All
0: right. Yeah, just (laughs) deer in the (laughs) headlights. No, where I was going with that is is that you and I are poster children for how bad that uh, you were abused. And I stayed there. Uh, two years longer, as soon as this shit started, if, if I knew net, then what I knew now, I would have walked in and said, fuck you and walked out the fucking door. And let me tell you guys something with the staffing shortages right now, you have some narcissist coward that's in your administration roles. That's, that's abusing you. They need you more than you need them. Cause let me be really crystal clear with you. If you quit today, it's going to take them six to eight months to replace you. And I've had people like, well, if I leave, then I'm fucking my crew. And I'm like, "Oh, here's where you got to get really serious about you and your mental health. Do you want to be? And this is what this show's about. You know, we still police suicides are at an epidemic rate. We are killing ourselves more than we are than anything else. And it's the most preventable death ever. This can be stopped today, but the problem is we have these narcissists that are in some offices, like mine, thank God that guy retired and left, that are, that are just keep twisting and grinding on you till you're like, fuck it, I, I have nothing else. And th- this is my solution, and if your solution is to end your own life because of the situation you got put in, let's put this in big perspective. The world needs you. Whether you're a police officer or whether you're a civilian, whether you're working for the uh, U.S. Postal Service or wherever else you are. Uh, Cops, nurses, firefighters, EMTs, and teachers, are, are some of them are put in the most impossible jobs. And as a police officer and as a first responder, you're responding to things that most humans aren't ever expected to see. And we see it over and over. So remember, we're exposed to, in a career, 800 major traumas and the worst thing and i can tell you nick and i can say the worst thing is that you need to lean on something where you know you have some support that's your department but when the department jerks the rug out from underneath you that's a whole new position of loneliness and abandonment that you'll never know until you get it
2: yeah and, and and i'll tell you this um so far at the recording of this uh episode um there's been seven, 70 line of duty deaths from Officer Down uh, Memorial Page. And from uh, Blue No Help, uh, their <laughs> stat shows 53 suicides so far this year. So, And that's up from the last time we looked. It was 43 last time we reported out on it. Yeah. But, you know, poker runs and beautiful graphics will stop law enforcement suicides. But we'll get into that in another episode um, it's been a, a, great episode, Mark. Um, I think we've covered a lot of stuff and of, of course we've co- probably could have gone five episodes just on this topic and we probably will. Um, <laughs> I want to remind everybody to, um, make sure that you're, you're taking good care of yourself and, and, mm-hmm. um, you know, if you don't have a therapist, get a therapist, um, Uh, do some shameless promotion. Um, my next book, uh, which is volume two of police mental barricade. Mm. This one is called police mental barricade exit wounds. Uh, and it all surfaces around writing that first book. And what happens when you, uh, do write a book, a tell all book that exposes, um, the the things inside of law enforcement that are not working uh and then some other things that are thrown in there like you know my philosophy of uh, of why things are so fucked up um (laughs) mark got a a a beautiful preview of the book it's sitting at the editors as we speak so good well I'm hoping. Um, so well, let know. me
0: put it this way: Just once I started reading, it, I read like the first chapter. I read the prelog, which is wrote by or, or uh, what is it? Did I say that right? The for, the foreword. The foreword is yeah. written by just this amazing person. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Once Turk. I got to, once I, <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, yeah. Shout out to spinning our gears, yeah, uh, podcasts. If you haven't went over there and uh, aggravated those guys but um once i got through that well actually i skipped ahead and i started reading what you had there i didn't put it down my wife's like what are you that's doing awesome. over there i said i'm fucking reading she's like reading what i said preview the next book which i told the fucker not to do because i knew i'd do this and i sat there <laughs> I, I literally i that's all i did that afternoon it was a sunday afternoon i mean i went for i took my laptop outside had a had a wonderful rocky patel cigar and uh nice. enjoyed that while i read the book but it, i it was like to me uh i loved uh policeman Barricade uh so much cuz that's what really connected me with with the story and your story and and that's what what uh inspired me to do um the shield within podcast uh just is to bring that that healing and the your perspective and your depth uh, is it to me is just spot on and i can't wait for it to come out so
2: me too, buddy. Me pre-orders? Too. Yeah, it's been, it's, yeah, pre-orders are out on uh, Amazon. Go on there. You can pre-order the uh, Kindle version. It's it's supposed to be back from the editor on August 5th and then I want to kind of look it over and might add a couple of things here and there but I'm hoping to have it out um, probably by the time this episode comes out. So, mm-hmm. uh, Check it out. Uh, of course, you can reach me at nick at rollcallroom.com. You can reach mark at m-a-r-c at rollcallroom.com uh and you could also go on rollcallroom.com go check out the content uh join our patreon um patreon gets you swag that's right that's right mark what he got for us closing out
0: see i just want to keep talking uh we in and, and i wish we had time for another episode but you know, you and I lead busy lives and I just want to make a commitment to be getting more episodes out in a timely manner for you fans. Um, so you want to do a podcast let me tell you something. It's a lot of work.
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Um, it, it, it really is. I mean, what you're not seeing is the behind the scenes and the pre-production and the post-production and, uh, you know, we're where Nick and I work and on our way into work, I can tell you we're up at like, I'm up at the ass crack at dawn, and I'm usually on the phone with you at, what, Mm -hmm. 630? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's the only time. Yeah, yeah, well, well, but we talk throughout the the week as like, okay, we need to talk about this, or this is topical in the news, and some of the things we didn't get to this show, Mm -hmm. I feel because we had important topics that came up. So number one, take care of you. You are the guy or the girl that we need to take care of. If you're thinking about getting into law enforcement, still, it's a great job. Uh, it's like what Nick said before, I was born to do this job in the year in which I was to do it. And we, I want to thank each and every one of you that's out there grinding away. You are valued, even though your people aren't telling you that we appreciate everything you do. Keep doing it, do it honorably. Yeah. Remember if you got someone being shitty to you, Hey, there's plenty of cop jobs out there right now. A lot of people yeah. is, are moving around and I wish I had that opportunity at the end of my career. Cause I would. I don't know if I'd still be doing it or not. Probably not. My body's so broke. However, we appreciate you. Uh, If you're having those horrible, dreadful thoughts, reach out. Reach out by all means. You're important. The world needs you, whether you're a police officer or not. Um, So get some help out there and bring some peace to your life. Uh, Practice the four Fs, friends, family, favorite activities.
2: All right, folks. We'll see you on the next one.
1: Thank you.